Well, good evening, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Jimmy Palumbo Show. That's right, Jimmy Palumbo here, the host of the Jimmy Palumbo Show, once again saying my name a million times. Behind the glass is none other than Chris Gucci, of course, my trusted producer here. This is show number 47. Now, I... Uh, this is going to be a unique one for me because I'm going to split it again. Of course, I could go with, you know, Greg Jackson, the 1990 safety for the New York Giants, but I won't. I'm going to go. I'm gonna, first, I'm going to do, I, I split this one, but it's a unique split, okay? The first one I'm going to go with is number 47, the manager of the New York Yankees in 1978, Bob Lemon, because I believe in the, in the history of the New York Yankees, uh, 1978 was a crazy year. They were trailing the Red Sox. Billy Martin yelling and screaming, acting like a jerk-off. And here comes calm, legendary pitcher Bob Lemon. He comes in, and from all accounts I've read, he pretty much got the guys together and said, guys, um, everybody calm down. Here's the lineup. Go out and play baseball. And the Yankees went out and played baseball, and they won a division. And they beat the Red Sox in the one-game playoff. So in my homage... To Bob Lemon, who did a great manager managerial that year and won the World Series. Number 47, Bob Lemon. Now, the reason why some of my friends know talking about show number 47 is interesting because I got invited to this thing tonight for the New York Giants, and I had to call up my buddy Steve Venditti, who works for the Giants, and I mentioned him on the show many times. And it turns out uh, I uh, was telling him, hey, I'm going to be there, I'm, you know, uh, I want to hang out, hook up with you, blah, blah, blah. He said, okay. And then I realized I'm doing show number 47. And my buddy Steve Venditti has a whole history with the number 47. And it started with listening to Steve Summers 100 years ago. Um, and what occurred was Steve Summers was uh, kidding around about the number 47 and some girl in a basketball game scored 47 points in a high school basketball game. And he kept on saying the number 47, the number 47, number 47. So when Diddy had it in his head, like, what is it with this number 47? And at work the next day, he was like, did you listen to Steve Summers? Talk about 47. So in his brain, 47 became. And then after that, he started to use 47 as, uh, there was like nobody there. It was like 47 people there. It was like, I went to the restaurant, there was 47 people online. Then he started to see the number 47 all over his life. He'd be in a car, stopped at a stoplight, license plate in front of him, number 47. There were, uh, th th the number 47 started to invade his space. So when he's telling me this, right, we're down the shore drinking in Manasquan years ago, and I'm looking at him like, you're crazy. He's like, I'm telling you, what do we do? We go in, we go to like, we go to the diner or whatever, we get the bill. Bill was $47, like stuff like that. And then a couple weeks later when he told me to start laughing, we were talking about 47. On the paper was like a copy of the New York Post, and there was a picture of some guy pitching, blah, blah, blah. What number? 47. Like, so I, hanging out with him, the number, now, some people say that that's because you're looking for it. I get so it. So is it? That's the number 47 that's is the, him? It, it, it's like, it's the number is for Stephen Diddy, number 47. Well, yeah. And, and the I fact that I called him before show number 47 without knowing it was show I didn't know I don't know what show it is I do my prep you know final prep yeah. for it I wish that I had your buddy Stephen Diddy's luck with the number 47 when I began my search for my number 47 because it's it's, it's shitty it's grim I know when we're talking about there's a few famous guys that aren't worth mentioning because they don't fit the criteria of the show but there is nothing local there's there's like Packers that I never even heard of which is rare right. and you took the giant 
or you talked about the giant, right? Greg Jackson. He was. Then you he got the, the, the one guy that was like, ah, I could maybe use is Don Lemon. Bob yeah, Lemon. Bob Lemon. I always get that confused anyway. And um, you I actually just, would have used Bob. I didn't think you'd even go. Well, there. the only reason is because of the Yankees. But I, I would normally shy away from that, knowing There's your some style. Current guys, though, knowing your style. Was it Glavin? The, the, uh, Jordan Trump? Montgomery. Look, I know, but I, I, I forgot. Okay, Jordan well, Montgomery's the, the, let's the take team. the current Yankee wearing that number and <laughs> name the show after him. No, that doesn't work either, as far as the criteria goes. So I'm kind of stuck here with the Tyrone Wheatley show. Ah, I was gonna the Tyrone say, I, Wheatley you're show. Lucky I didn't mention Tyrone Wheatley. I am lucky, but in case you did, I have a backup. That I know you're not going to mention, and it's AK-47 himself, Andre Kirilenko, who was just a defensive specialist for the Utah Jazz very recently. Tyrone Wheatley is much a bust, by the way, Tyrone Wheatley. No, 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 no. No? No, no, stop. When you draft a running back and he plays, I think, eight or nine seasons in the NFL, he's not a bust. He might not have been the man ever, but you understand Uh, how that position works. Yeah, he played in the league. Nine years in the league, you're not a bust. You can't call him a bust, but he was kind of a bust. All right, so show number 47, Tyrone Wheatley, Bob Lemon, and Steve Venditti, who worked for the Giants. You've heard me say his name. And I'm sure tonight when I go to Giants Stadium, I'm going to be hanging out with Eli Manning, actually. It should be fun. I'm going to end up, um, uh, you know, uh, somehow the number 47. Okay, this next segment, of course, is sponsored by Absolute Eyewear. Please go check out Absolute Eyewear, of course, uh, owned by Janine and Craig. This is the Jimmy's Weight segment, and um, it's rare. That it's actually a shame that we have to have a, um, a section of the show that is sponsored for my, my fatness, and it's Absolute Eyewear, 42 Main Street, Woodbridge, New Jersey, 732-326-3937. That's right, Absolute Eyewear, 732-326. 3263937 Craig and Janine they got everything over there all kinds of glasses Ray-Ban coach Ralph Lauren Jimmy Choo silhouette Michael Kors Vogue Maui Jim Costa Del Mar sunglasses yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I delayed that they go, go talk to these we just go talk to Janine and Craig they're nice people. They got everything. They got discounts. If you mention the show, you get $100 off when you order a pair. It's good stuff. They're open five days a week, and they, they're sponsoring my fatness. Now, I know I'm going to get abused for this, okay, because I'm giving Chris so much fuel here, but maybe you'll take a different take. Okay. I thought I was having a pretty good week dieting. Uh-oh. Okay. And I was 210.8 last week. I, I had two... I had two bad dinners that I did. I, I, well, the, well, the actual pizza, I got pork chops at a restaurant and I ordered them healthy as I could, you know, telling the waitress very little oil, all that stuff. Um, and I had another meal that wasn't great. I still didn't have any bread. It was pretty good. And I exercised a little bit and I really did stick to the diet. I was out a little bit, probably had some more wine than I should have. Um, and I came in at, Less than a half a pound over what I did last week. And I was pissed this morning. So I started thinking two things. Number one, maybe I did have more wine than I thought. Um, but I, I'm thinking the only thing might have been is, and you're going to hate me for this. I think the 210.8 might have been, you know, sometimes you get on the scale depending on the time. And it really was, even though that was what I have, a, I have a cheap scale. Yes. And that's what I could go with. I use the same scale. I think the 210.8 was uh, it was accurate, but maybe it was like I had just peed and pooped. I'm just going to stop you now. And regardless, 
of the scale or t- you're you're right it's it's probably the case but it just sounds like pathetic that you're See, trying to come up with I an know, excuse but I, but over about ba- no, three pounds. No, like the reality well, is, you probably had way too much wine, right? The dinner be. that the dinner that you tried to order unhealthy, like when it didn't come out as healthy as you ordered it, was it a I big bet, pork. I bet chop, you looked though. at it and you were like, "I'm still going to eat the shit out of that pork." Yeah, chop I right did. There, right? I did. I so did. look, we're human, and this is. You're right. I'm not going to take it. I'm not going to be too hard on you because understanding the reality, it's football. There's a lot going on. It's the wintertime. It's not easy in bulking season, as the kids call it, to slim down. So I understand that. Here's the problem, though. I'm going away on Saturday for a week on vacation. And I'm one of those guys that I don't mind trying to eat healthy diet. But when you're away, probably going to be going out a little bit. It sounds like But I will be skiing. It sounds like So I'll be exercising. It sounds like you're... Usually when grown men go skiing, it's more like drinking a few beers at the fire, going up and down the mountain a couple times, and then realizing, yeah, I still got it. I'll do it again later on, but for now, I'll be in the lodge. So, you're, so, yeah. you're, you're, so you're, you're, you're saying, I'm, you just said, I'm, I'm not going to ski well, and I'm going to drink No, like I'm going to say, you, you probably still got it. I'm not, I'm not I'm discounting your, your ability to ski down a mountain. You don't think it's going to lead to weight loss? I don't think it's going to be. Burning. I don't think that you're going to sit there and be like, you know what? I probably burned a decent amount of calories on that downhill slalom. Let me go back and do it 40 more times. I think you're going to do it. You're going to enjoy it. And just like I would and be like, it's like I would be like, all right, that was fun. I, I did it. Skiing is cool. I, Scratch that itch. I don't even, how am I gonna, I'm not going to have my official scale. Uh, I, I'm, so I don't know. So really I have two weeks. In reality, I'm only going to have 48 hours after I get back for my next official weigh-in. So... Going by my rule of pound and a half to two pounds a week is really where I want to be at, consistently dropping weight. I should be, if I, I weighed in at 211.2 this this morning, I really got to be at like two weeks from now, I should be at like 207. I mean, there's also a thing called plateauing. You know what that's called? Dude, right? I can't be plateauing now. I'm still a fat bastard. Well, I mean, no here's right. the, here's what you're also not doing. And I, I don't mean to, I don't mean this to be like the the roast jimmy's weight loss session i'm talking about the full-on commitment to it is not there yet i don't see it all right all right well i can't i think i'm, I'm committing and to i'm it. only saying that because of the the um you're no, saying i'm going die. on vacation i'm saying i'm doing this like it was the holidays and i'm not knocking no that. no this it, is reality it, the time of the year that we're in right now it's very difficult very tough. to commit to losing weight plus you're not as outside as much yes, the weather you know what great. the snowy weather i lost i didn't go walk i didn't walk my uh, listen to podcasts for, uh, so I lost some I would, time there. I but you know be, what? No, I should have. I, I, but I was actually, to be dead honest, I was pissed and shocked. I had gained at the point four pounds. Of course, but I was. I was say, like, wait a minute! I, would I, say, I stuck to this pretty. I would good. say, um, you know, altering your 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 life choices is the first step, and then getting some results, and then being a little upset with the lack of results is all good steps towards ultimately. Yes, getting where I'm, you want to be. I'm telling you, I will. Um, I will. It, it's by the time softball season comes around, I will be. Well, first of all, I really want to get under 200, just because. No other reason. <laughs> Being under 200 pounds. It's, I mean, I went from 218. You know, so far in this. I would say that two your, month your voyage. I lost seven. Your pounds. your, your 199.9 goal should be realistically opening day uh, softball. Well, we don't know what uh, opening day Yankees April third. Right, very good. There you go. Opening day at the stadium, which we should probably go to. Yeah. Um, 
I, I need to be under 200. You need to, you need to earn those tailgate beers I that day. You need That's to earn right. it. All right. Well, I'm going to try to bear down between now and well, when I get on my flight. That's another story. Um, all right. So, well, I'll talk briefly. NFL games. I got to admit, I was not glued to the set uh, like I normally was. Um, I thought the games were uh, what I was watching. Uh, maybe no one has a take. I thought the games were not that exciting, only in that they were enormous games. I thought the Chiefs blew it. I thought that you, I'm sorry, I don't care who you're playing. You're up 21-3 in the NFC AFC Championship game. If you blow it, that lead, you blew it. And I thought the 49ers blew it. You know, you're up by 10 in the fourth quarter. Sorry, got to win that game. So to me, it was less of the other team blowing it than it was the other, the other team coming back. But listen, Rams. Well, the 49ers... Got up 10, and then the, the Rams scored a touchdown within three minutes. So they were up 10 for all of a, a sneeze. Can't do that. Can't can't give up a touchdown there. Um, the Chiefs, I thought, got cocky. at the play at the end of the half. Take the field goal. Nine seconds ago, you throw to the end zone. It was five seconds ago. You either do a quick throw to the end zone, kick the field goal. Yeah, I got no 14. issue with them running another play. I have definitely an issue with the play call itself. Yeah, plus it was a play that was definitely going to run out the clock if you didn't get in, at least an end zone play if it's incomplete. Anyway, um, I, there was a cockiness about it, though. Like, oh, we score all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, you don't. Um, so that's it. I'm really happy for a listener. Now, I made a comment. I love when I get listener feedback. Because and um, and because uh, it means, in fact, there are people listening. They, I know all. that. Well, I, I have my fan base. No, bro. I know. I know. Um, but my good friend from Ramsey, Jim Myman, when I made the comment, I'm rooting for the Bengals because nobody, um, nobody, I don't know any Bengal fans, and they're all from Cincinnati. I got three or four pictures of text of my buddy Jim Myman, a couple years older than me, with his Cincinnati Bengal shirt on. I'm like, dude, you're a Bengal fan. Turns out it's a crazy connection. His dad with Kentucky, he knew either an uncle or a family friend of the team doctor, and his first NFL game was the Bengals-Jets at the New Giant Stadium. And, uh, no, excuse me, at Shea, forget that, at Shea Stadium, and it was a rainy day, and his dad took him, and they had the connection, so they were able to get into the locker room as the players were, like, taking their uniforms off, and he sent me these pictures. And this was, like, the Collinsworth and, days? Uh, like 1976. So, yeah. so uh, he was probably only maybe 15 at the time or something like that. Uh, and he was able to get all autographs in the black and white photo book, like the program. And But as a little kid, getting into an NFL locker room, that's his awesome. So, so, so all that story life. did was actually further solidify, because it's like it's not a jerk-off. No, no, no. That's it's a like, Bengals fan. Well, it's like a guy that you'd be like, you know what? Beautiful. He earned this. Family connections to the Kentucky-Cincinnati yeah. area. And... He went, his first game was a, a, a Bengal game, and he went into the Bengal locker room. That, to me, is pure. Yeah. You know, and he's been, uh, he's not obnoxious. And he didn't choose another team and then now jump back on, unless he has, and we don't know. But And his I jersey was, I think, I don't, I, he doesn't a, hate the he's Giants. A, he's allowed to have an allegiance, but if he's been a Bengals He's guy, a Bengals fan. Yeah. And the jersey, he wanted his jerseys was Mohamed Sanu, who played at Rutgers, which is cool. Um, so, I, just a big shout out. I, and he actually... Uh, I love when this happens. He gets in touch with me. I have a couple people that um, routinely review my podcast. One of them is Jim Iman. He'll say, hey, real funny line, uh, this, that, and the other thing. My buddy Larry just will text me a line that he thought was hysterical. My brother, on the other hand, um, my dear brother, who I'm very close with, he gets on me when I make a mistake. When I was talking about the Allman Brothers, my first concert, I said to Jadwin Jim, 
instead of the Walsh Auditorium. Jadwin Gym's where Princeton plays. I meant to say where Seton Hall plays, the Walsh Auditorium. It was a slip of the tongue. They're both arenas, and I made the mistake. And he's like hounding me, uh, the Mel Hall mistake I made two months ago. So my brother only texts me when I do something shitty. He never says, uh, you know, once he texted me that. Um, that he's probably I, like, I, Your, that producer's yeah. a great, again, great job. Never. Yeah. No, he's a, you know, he wants to, what's going on over there? Listen, my brother's <laughs> classic. He's my older brother, and he's great. giving me shit. Because if he had a podcast, I would probably be ripping on him on mistakes he made. But my brother, I make way more mistakes. But listen, guys, I'm telling you, when I do a podcast, if I say, I remember the Yankees in 79, and if it was 78, I mean, come on now. You know what I'm talking. I'm talking about that era. Of course, I know 79, they didn't win it because Munson died. But sometimes we both, we all do it. When you do sports talk radio or, or podcast, you slip up the year or the arena or the gym. It happens. Um, and so Jim Myman always has nice things to say. Good man. And I'll be rooting for the Bengals. Um, I really think the Rams might win it, but I'm going to be rooting for the Bengals. And you know what? When it comes to the Super Bowl, you can't get anybody out. You just never. I think it's actually a pretty good game. This is actually the best matchup the bowl could have been. Two teams that have occasionally looked lousy. And uh, but I just can't see. OB. I mean, like it going into the year, the Rams were definitely um, but if one I'm, of the one of the teams predicted by at least some to do well. Some but, to do well, but the Bengals were like plus seven fifty to right. win the AFC. That's a lot, and I just, I, you know what, Odell Beckham, like if he, if he holding the trophy, I just, I'm sorry, I'm a Giant fan, um, I'm glad they got rid of him, and I'm not, listen, you know, I, I don't want him, I don't want Beckham to win it. There's no other way to word it. I just don't, I don't, I don't want an Eli Apple. I would Beckham? say, yeah, I, would, oh I will say God, that it's a nightmare for. I will Giants. say that. Odell Beckham is playing good football right now. You got to admit, right? I know that maybe you didn't watch. He had a great game yesterday. And as crazy as it is to say is that Odell Beckham is almost in some ways coming out of the other side of this looking like, you know what? Odell might have been right all this time because he got the tail end of Eli at that career. And you saw what the Giants have done since Odell. Which is everything you're saying is correct, which makes it worse. Exactly. Okay. Now, when it comes to the Giants, everybody, you guys know, I'm not going to do the stinks list. I'll do a final one. Um, but uh, when it comes to the Giants, I mean, we'll just get right into it. You guys briefly mentioned it on your show today. I don't want to hear about Joe Shane and Brian Dable. How do you say it? Dable. Dable. Okay, Dable. All right. Listen. When you hire a young new GM and a young new coordinator, this statement is accurate. You don't know if they're going to be good until they are. There's been a history of assistants going to be great. The Giants are depleted. The only good news is they have to give this guy, the, the GM, five years. And this head coach, I think, is going to actually get, because you have a new GM, he's probably going to get the third year no matter what happens. I'm telling you guys, the Giants stink. They are they are they're a mess. They got salary cap issues and so on and so forth. But in the NFL... The Giants, they you know they you like if the Giants go two and fifteen next year, I'm going to be pissed. You can turn things around. Yes, this GM, I'm telling you right now, like they're going to be changing wallpaper in in in, in the place. There, there's going to be a whole different. Look, there's change. definitely some new blood. It's new much, blood, much needed. And in, for the first time, let's let's backtrack a little bit before the hires were made, which I think, or, or after the Joe Shane hire, but before the Brian Dable hire. It's good that there's some familiarity between those guys because they're both from Buffalo. Right. So there's, that's obvious that you at least have a guy that has an understanding 
like the GM hired a guy that he knows how he's going to work things going right. forward. It's not completely new, even though they're both new. That um, and second, when Mara came out last week and he actually took some ownership, that's the first time you've seen where right. like they, Daniel Jones they they essentially gave him the free ride in terms of what he's done in the past did, and said we've you done hear, we've done everything we possibly could to mess this guy what, up. Did you hear about the magnets? Did you hear about that? I didn't. Okay, Shane shows up, and I'm going to call him Shane. My dad's favorite movie. So Shane, that's show, how you pronounce it. I know, but instead of Joe Shane, I'm going to call him Shane. Shane shows up, and and he's looking at. He went into the war room, and there was there was nothing digital about it. They were using magnets and markers, and he was like, "Oh, that's uh, you know." So th that sounds like a minor change because the magnet. No, will that's hold not up a minor player. change. It's what every single player that's been come through any major university has has learned with for for the last what, like all through college, even I read in high that, school. I read that. I'm like. As soon as I saw that, I'm like, the Giants are going to be better next year. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, even there, though they have a by, long way not, to go. It's, there's a couple things. One, you'll see some head coaches that are just really good football coaches that are able to coach successfully deep into their lives, we'll say. Guy, like Andy right? Reid. But let's like be that. real. Let's be real. The game is changing very fast. And you need some guys that are at least going to be hired by some of – like Andy Reid's smart because he might not be the most – you know, savvy guy with tech, but he'll put somebody in place that is right. You know, and, and that, the Giants have been lacking remember, that. Your job, your job is not to fly the plane. Your job is to run the airline. Okay, and that's why coordinators sometimes are only good at flying the plane, but they can't serve coffee. They don't can't fix the engine. Agreed. So you need a guy to run the whole airline. I think the Giants. I actually feel positive about it, and so I make two predictions. I think the Giants will be better. There's going to be a different feel. I think they're going to be better. Very easy to do because they stunk last year. And I think Kadarius Tony is going to be the wide receiver talk of the NFL because he's not going to be hurt. I think that there's well. he'll, he'll definitely all. be um, talked about more than he was this year if he could stay healthy. But there's and a lot of really good, talented young wideouts. He's on that list. I'll I, that. I also have no problem with getting rid of Daniel Jones or keeping him or Barkley. Whatever. I just want whatever. I want a better product. And I want a better product like Quickly, I don't want to be zero and eight. Well, as far as uh, Giants fans, there's at least reason for optimism going forward because where it was two weeks ago and where it is now, you have at least something uh, that you should hope. look. Yes, there's hope. Where, so you, where it's it. like two weeks ago, you didn't know if you were going to have Joe Judge for right. another year or not, no, and at it, least now we're there's past hope. that. There's a clean slate. It's a true clean slate. You're going to see some changes there, and um, I hope the guys ends up being a decent coach, and we'll go from there. Uh, Rutgers, of course, I always bad loss to Maryland. Uh, awful. They played awful. The hoops is driving me nuts. I can't believe we're just not that good anymore. It drives me crazy. And then they had a win in Nebraska the other day. Nebraska's the worst team in the Big Ten. We were down by. We were down the whole game. We took the lead with 30 seconds ago. I looked at the schedule. Uh, starting on Saturday, we have like six top 20 teams in a row, and we play Northwestern tomorrow. I, 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 I Rutgers. I, they're not making the toy. It, it, it's they. they they lost too many games. They have games. some good wins, but they have a lot of bad, bad losses. losses. And I don't think... And I think the bad losses in, weigh on them more. And uh, I, I will be... And, and I think they're going to stink next year. They don't have anybody coming in. they got to rely on the portal. It's a mess. I'm pissed about that. Getting onto basketball, the Knicks stink. They stink. Um, oh, I can't even... Now, Randall's being a, like a wussy now, and he's... What a mess. My two... A year ago, I was like, the Knicks are better. The Rutgers is better. And now I feel like it's, you know, it's it's awful. So I'm annoyed at that. But I'm still a Rutgers fan. I'm still a Knicks fan. And uh, I don't think the Knicks are going to make the playoffs. They're like five games out of the eighth spot, I think. Anybody yeah. that, 
I mean, I've been saying this all along, and I'm not. I'm not saying this to bash the Knicks. I I don't have any skin in the game whatsoever when it comes to the Knicks. But the Knicks just are not a good basketball team. And last year was Wolf tickets a little bit, and the roster isn't even the same. So it's just not the same team. They don't play the same defense. If they could turn it around, it'll be a big story. Talk about a guy that's probably on the hot seat. Thibodeau was probably on the hot seat after this year. If he, I know that he's coming off of Coach of the Year. Did he just win Coach yeah, of the Year I last think, year? I but think he, uh, he might be again. They said alienate player kind of guy. Oh, also he makes him makes him play defense. Um, and God that, forbid that don't fly. Um, so I got a crazy week this week. I'm going to be at Giant Stadium today, like I was telling you about. Um, I'm going to do some seminar with Eli Manning. I hope to meet some old Giants here. It'd be kind of fun. I haven't gone as a fan in a while. I said, you know what? I wasn't going to go, but I said. Uh, you know, let me go and just see. You know, do yourself a favor, right? And bring my, in, bring I in your, your, your recruiting. You're going to recruit. Yeah, I'm going to try guests. to get some, I'm gonna see get if I can get some guests for the show. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm going to be. I'm going as. I'm not going as Jimmy Palumbo the fan. I'm going as the host of the Jimmy Palumbo show. There you show go. With Chris, Chris Gucci behind the glass. So I'm going to be out fine. I haven't been to the new offices either. My buddy Steve will be there. Um, I also am working on Friday on the Michael Che show on HBO Max. I'm recurring on that show, which is awesome. Shout out to those guys. I also got hired um, the week after I get back because I'm going away on uh, Saturday for a week. I'm going to get to that in a second. And the end of February, I'll be working on a movie called Fresh Kills, Staten Island theme. Uh, it's with Annabelle Shora and Jennifer Esposito. And I booked that without um, auditioning for it. And I told my agent, I was like, hey, can we find out? Do I know, do I know the casting director? Who do I know over there? And... Um, she got back and she, the quote said, Jennifer Esposito, I worked with her two or three times. She re, she saw my name. She remembered me. And she goes, no, I really, supposedly it was like, oh, that guy's really good. Let's use him. So I'll be working uh, uh, a couple days on a film, which will be fun. And it's like how you got this podcast. You didn't, have to, you didn't, didn't have, have to audition, audition or anything. Up, we got to have like, Jimmy yeah. Palumbo. So it's always good when you book work. Um, and I'm not being cocky about it, all of my actor friends out there. I'm thrilled anytime when you're my age, you book a job, you should be thrilled. Um, and I'll tell people about it on post, but I'm not going to be cocky or it just, I uh, booked a job. I did have two huge auditions that I self-taped over the weekend. Big shout out to my buddy Dave DeLisi. He spent five hours doing these, uh, going over the script and helped me run lines and stuff. And we also had a couple cocktails, uh, you know, afterwards, but... Uh, he was at the house for a while, and um, did you factor those cocktails into your diet? I had vodka on the rocks. Okay, okay. just checking with with, with so a you bar. did. So the answer is yes. Yes, I had you I did. had some alcohol. Yeah, um, uh, but I lost thirty seven pounds uh, doing. I still I, I didn't go. I didn't yeah, do dry jack. Anyway, all right. Well, enough with the diet. Now you want to know going? how many touchdowns I scored back in the day? Like, come on. Let's see. This guy, he's like, yeah, 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 you know what? I'm, I'm going to start calling you a fat fuck. Um, <laughs> I'm kidding. So anyway, I had two big auditions. That would be one of them like shoots in the Dominican Republic. It would be recurring. I would be flying back and forth. How cool would that be? And uh, and they both have huge casts. Like, Do they know that you need off on Mondays well, the podcast, for your podcast? I told my agent, my <laughs> podcast comes first. Um but it's got like big stars in it. Like, and I, I already auditioned for it, so I'm not jinxing it. Like Diane Keaton and uh, uh, um, uh, uh, Bill Macy, they're like major stars. You know what I mean? I'm like, this would be huge. Palumbo for threes, got it. But uh, and one of them, I did a, 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 a um, horror film called Penhurst 
with, with this one guy who was the main producer, and he's one of the producers on this. So I do have someone on the inside. But I'd love to book one of these. New year, this year has to be big for me. Um, I'm not getting any younger, and last year was okay. I booked some work with the pandemic, but I got to start, you know, I, it, it's it's uh, like it's go time for Chop Sports. It's go time for Jimmy Palumbo. Um, so that'll be fun. Other things, um, I'm going skiing to Steamboat Springs. This is a, a, a Christmas gift from my mom. Um, I haven't been skiing in a very long time, and my family kind of started these ski trips out of Colonia 100 years ago, and that led to us going away uh, with this guy Howie um, and his wife Kathy, who's a daughter of Gene Ronzo and Connie Ronzo, who we love, passed away a little while back, but we love him. And they started out weekend trips to go to Vermont. Everybody was young. Everybody was single, except for my parents and a few older people up front who are younger than I am now. Uh, it was Sodom and Gomorrah, drinking on the bus, laughs. And then they started doing the weekly trips, and I went on them for a few years. Right till probably after I graduated Rutgers, I did it for a few years. And then I stopped because life got in the way. I was doing the acting thing. And uh, my mother just, with all the crazy stuff that's been going on with me in my life, my mother was like, I want to, she just, you know, told me in a, your Christmas gift is you're going away. So we're going to Steamboat, which is the last time I went 100 years ago where I went. So we're going skiing with my uh, my sister's going to be there, my cousin Joey, Madison's uh, dad, and um, and some other people I haven't skied with in a while. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. I haven't gone away on a full vacation in a very, very long time. Um, and I love skiing. I love the après ski, the environment, the whole bit. So I got the booking on Friday, and at Friday nights usually go late, so I might be working until 2 or 3 in the morning and then have an 8 a.m. flight out of Newark, so I'll be a mess on that flight. But um, a couple of Bloody Marys, and I'll be just fine getting off my diet. But um, um, I'm looking forward to going skiing. I got new equipment. I got new skis, new boots. I have, you know, I had skis that were from, like, you know, 1955. Um, and with the, uh, uh, the time difference... I think what I'll do is maybe I'll just record something because I'm actually uh, um, absolute eyewear. Johnine's going to be on the trip as well uh, and her friends. Um, maybe we'll do something. I'll record it via. I'm not going to have my microphones and stuff. Yeah, maybe we'll I'll figure re- something. I'll out. record something into my phone maybe, and we'll do like maybe like a, a short ten minute show from the uh, from the Omni. No, from the uh, what do you call it? The condos there. So we'll, we'll figure that out. We'll have sure they got some that. internet. Yeah, we'll deal with that. I'll bring my, uh, uh, maybe I'll bring a little microphone. I might be able to pull that off. We'll do something. Uh, so that's it. Big week. It was a lot of fun. Um, I got I got a lot of packing to do. I got a lot of stuff to do. I got fittings going on, so I'm happy I'm busy like that. Um, the other thing is, um, I want to discuss this. I don't know. I'm going to just throw this on you. Last night, after watching all these football games and stuff, I ended up catching, um, it's on one of those 11 showtimes you get, um, the movie Big. I, I, I Listen, this movie, I think Big, Big is definitely in my top five movies of all time. I think Tom Hanks' performance in Big is, he's by far, he got nominated, but he's by far, I know he won it for Philadelphia and other movies, but this is his best performance ever and will be. There's never a moment where you don't feel like this kid's th- the guy's 13. And Elizabeth Perkins has to play that, why is this guy acting weird stuff? 
Robert Loggia is wonderful in it. Uh, uh, the guy, uh, what's his name? John Hurd, who played the dad in Home Alone. He plays the jerk-off sales rep. He's great. Um, it, it's just, it, it, it's really like a perfect movie. And at the end of the movie, it, it's, he goes back to the mother and you hear the mother screaming in the house. I mean, it's almost like you forget that the mother getting her child back. There's like, uh, there's, there's eight emotions going on at the end of the movie. Number one, Tom Hanks really loved Elizabeth. You know, was falling for her and he realized, but I got to go back. I'm 13. I, I, I got to go back. So there's that emotion. Then there's the emotion of the mom out of nowhere. The kid just walks into the house. That's crazy. Then there's the emotion of Elizabeth Perkins. She really fell for him. And I know she had been in like a bunch of bad relationships. This was the real deal for her. But then when she really realizes in this crazy world that this kid is 13, there's also a sadness and a happiness. Like, oh, the, he's getting, he's going back where he needs to be. But there's also a sadness. But you do have the feeling like that she's going to meet a nice guy and move forward. You know what I mean? Because it's always worked out for her in the past <clears throat> with all these other guys that she's met. Well, so I'm here to pour cold water on that. See that? Well, I, well, again, I'm talking about the emotions of the scene. Uh, the movie, though, is so it, it's it's just a tight movie. The way and it's a, it's his one buddy, it is one of the is great better movies when he's is this the movie where in the beginning he's doing the he's doing like the dance on the no that's after he becomes uh, an adult it becomes an adult he's yeah. at the gas station Robert, or something no Robert Loggia he's jumping on the piano keys yes. at the famous toy store in New York City and stuff like that. You can still do that now. I think they closed, but they reopened. Uh, it's this a famous, movie, one of the most often imitated, never duplicated. Well, they had vice versa was with like Fred Savage. Right. Did you remember that movie? Yep. yep and then yep, I think yep. they even tried it with like a female version with yeah. Lindsay Lohan, and they did like Freaky Friday. Third, or, one, or, one of them was called Thirteen, I think. Even right? With, I uh, have no idea. So the girl it, with, becomes with, an with adult. Lindsay Lohan, but yeah, yeah. Um, I, I know what you're talking about. One. So yeah, yeah they, uh, it, it led that. 13 going on 30? Yeah, something like that. And it led that whole, what if you were an adult or what if you became a kid again? Uh, but Big is oh, big is way better than all those movies, in my opinion. Um, it's just, it's a, the, the, you know, him dancing on the keyboards is an iconic scene. That's like one of those, you know, 100 years from now, they'll show that scene. That's how, you know, it's just an iconic scene. And his friend, the kid. Great. His, his other friend that stays yeah, a kid the I, whole time also did a great job. But he's also in a bunch of other things I just can't nah, remember he, he, as a child. You know yeah, but then he he, he, he phased out. He phased but out. He but he was, at, at that time, he was in other movies. Think about him. He's like, wait a minute, you're, you're still my buddy. You know, it's, it, it just, it's got such a different, there's layers to the onion uh, of the movie. And, uh, like, sometimes I know we just bring up something like this. And I'm like, you know what, this movie, if you haven't seen that, you know what happens? Everybody has seen Big. It was a huge hit. It did like $300 million at the box office. But the bottom line is, go watch Big again and be like, damn, this movie really is, um, it was a big hit at the time, but it's, 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 I'm telling you. And it was shot in, um, I found out some things. Robert De Niro was going to play the Tom Hanks part. Thank God he didn't. And he, it was scheduling. That's why he didn't do it. Can you imagine what a different, I can't even imagine that. Um, it, it, I, we got a great guest coming up in a little bit. Um, it's uh, everybody knows I joke around a lot. I always use the word Molly Hatchet, and uh, one of the lead guitarists and owner of the band, Bobby Ingram, is coming onto the show, which I'm thrilled about. I met him a few times. He knows I'm a big Hatchet fan. I got I, listen. I was I was very uh, influential in getting "Son of the South" song into the movie Beer League. Um, we wanted to get like you know all the big all the big songs, but those of you who don't know. When you, any major hit song to get it into a movie, 
cost you millions of dollars for the music rights. And unless you're a big conglomerate where you do shares and stuff like that, when you put a song in the movie, they even have it down. You're allowed to use eight seconds, 20 seconds of it. You could use it in the background, like on a jukebox. You ever watch a movie in the background, you hear a song, you got to pay for that. Or whether it's on the uh, soundtrack. You ever go to, go to a movie and then when you get the soundtrack, the song's not on it? Because they didn't give the rights away for the soundtrack. Um, but we were able to get a, a Hatchet song because Hatchet had a little part of the Beer League movie. And he's coming on, which I'm excited about. He's got a lot of cool stuff to say. Molly, I could say it right, Molly fucking Hatchet. That's the, 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 the Molly Hatchet's movie. I like how you asked me permission. If you could curse on the on the podcast. I know, but I don't curse that much. No, I you try don't. Not but like, also, that's why when it's done that way, it's not just cursing to curse. And I'm it's explaining not the curse because yeah. that's the whole. And my uh, intro music to my stand up is uh, Bounty Hunter. That being said, I want to talk a little bit before we have Bobby come on. Um, my stand up show April first at the Avenel Performing Arts Center. We have uh, the show is already halfway filled for Friday night. I'm excited about that. I just been promoting it. And we're going to be doing, again, um, the changes are uh, a little bit slower than I wanted them to happen, but there's personal reasons for that. We're going to be doing much more aggressive marketing of the show. And please don't forget, I have another show that you can get. I, I do with my buddy Rick Antonori. It's called Do You Remember That Guy? Please go on Apple, Google it, Do You Remember That Guy? You'll see it. Um, and uh, subscribe to that show. It's only a 15, 20-minute show. It's about... Old guys who used to play for the Yankees and Mets, you're going to get a kick out of it. We mentioned guys you haven't heard in a long and time. And look, let's be real. If you've listened to the the feed on this show, then you've heard one or two of these shows Right, in the it used past. to be like, on the feed on of this feed. show. Uh, thanks, Chris, for bringing that up. It used to be on the feed, but for certain reasons, it, it, was, it was a conflict with certain things, so we had to put it alone, and I really haven't marketed it like I wanted to. And I'm like, I got to tell people about the show because I think it's a cool show and it's only 15 minutes. So if you're going out for a 15-minute walk, you could check it out. It's called Do You Remember That Guy? We're going to be doing that. We're also going to be getting involved with uh, Patreon. Um, the reason why we're not jumping right into it is because we really want to set it up right. Um, you know... Uh, Look, let's just, it's, it's it, new. It's, it's something. New. It's new to you. It's new and to, to me. It's a different it. concept. It's supporting the show in a way... Most podcasters have a Patreon account. If you like the show, you support me every month. Um, we're going to have three levels. We're going to have the, I think it's going to be three. It's five. been taking me about six months to convince Jimmy to, to sign Yeah, I have Patreon. to do this because you know what? Listen, uh, you know, the, the show costs money to produce. And uh, um, it's my, if you like the show and you want to support me and show you some love, and I, I assure you the three different levels of, of payment per month. Um, I think it's going to be $3, $5, maybe $10. You'll get plenty of stuff from that, um, I assure you. bunch of uh, shout-outs, free tickets. Uh, as a matter of fact, we're going to have it up well before April 1st. And uh, if you're at the top tier, you'll get free tickets to the show. Um, and other signed stuff. I got some, all my Beer League fans, I got stuff. I just sent uh, something to a, a fan of Beer League out in Arizona. I sent him... Um, some beer league stuff. This guy's been hounding me. Dude, love you. Daryl Clark's his name. I'm giving him a shout out. And I forgot to, I'll send it to you. I'll send it to you. Finally, I said, I'm going to send this. So I put in a big package all these beer league stuff that you can't get anywhere else. I'm the only one who has it. Um, 
I put a nice package together for him. And I said, "Dude, you got to subscribe to my show." He goes, "I listen to it every week." Oh, then maybe maybe Daryl. Hey, if you're hey Daryl, if you're listening, then when Patreon comes out, you know, you got to be my guy right there. There you go. Ew. But I did it because he he literally knows like he on Facebook he always has a funny he knows the movie in and out. So um, I sent it to him. And you know what though, I I don't mind. I like doing that. Of course, listen, I love the movie Beer League. It's near and dear to my heart. Uh, probably the best role I've ever had. That in the family. And um, uh, when people really, they're fans of it, man. Like, they love it, and they watch it over and over. It's like a cult thing that they like. I know the movie's not, like, you know, uh, it's a cult. It's a cult classic. It's a it's cult exactly classic for is. a certain generation. And um, I, uh, it's like anybody goes out of their way and say, hey, can you send me something? And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. So I signed a bunch of stuff. So we're going to be doing a lot of stuff like that. And um, maybe for the middle tier, you get a signed headshot. Which I'm getting new headshots. Part of my fat bastardness, um, I should be getting new headshots within a month. I'm gonna wait till I get back from vacation, and then I'm gonna go. Uh, the guy's gonna think guy down in Red Bank. Who, he's a photographer who plays softball. Okay, so those of you scoring at home, if I'm choosing a photographer for my headshots, how can I not go with a guy who's a photographer and he plays softball? Right? I, it's got to be done. And uh, yes, I am creating a rumor. That we're going to be doing a beer league too. It's based on um, hope. <laughs> it's based on maybe beer league two will be an animated show. We started doing that years ago. Look, but when you, you speak things into existence here. That's maybe what we're you, trying you, to do. you just say, you know what, there is going to be one, and then all of a sudden I, you get like a lot of a great response, and then the people, the powers I, that be, say, hey, maybe we should do. I watch all these cartoons that are on the air on Comedy Central and all these like adult cartoons, and I'm like, beer league, the animated, that's the one to do. And you have, we already have a, a cartoon of how I would look. I look fat in a cartoon, of course. And I, uh, we're at the bar, at the bar, busting balls. I think there's a good, uh, like the beginning show. of every show could be the bar busting balls. The show itself is either in a different time, right? I like, we'll, we'll talk off. But the, about the, the only, the only pain in the ass thing about animation is it's expensive and time consuming to do the animation. So it's not, but you know what's good about the animation is that. I only get I only do the voice I can do everything in my sweatpants yes and not to mention the fact of like what you're able to get away with with animated whereas Correct. if you have somebody that's actually saying that like a guy right you can't get away with that stuff some right. of it but I'm, I'm thinking about uh, getting my buddy Deej together and um, I also got I gotta call Ralph I watched the whole uh, Cobra Kai I gotta give him a shot he's supposed to do my show and Chris uh, Chris DeStefano is supposed to do my a lot of stuff you know what I'm getting a lot of supposed to do my show Oh, I know. Big shout out to a former guest, Dominic Lombardozzi, Herc from the, the Wire. Just got engaged. Just got engaged, which is beautiful. She's a, she's beautiful. I saw it uh, a couple days late. I just texted him last night. I'm like, dude, congrats so much. Good luck with everything. Couldn't happen to a nicer guy. She's beautiful. You're a great guy. And um, I'm thrilled for you. And Dominic Lombardozzi, shout out right there. Um, I, I've... I have another shout out I wanted to give out. I was going to say it. Oh my God, what is it? No, it was definitely Jim Myman. There was Dominic Lombardozzi. You did oh, Ralph. Man. You did, did Ralph. Uh, Chris DeStefano, who I might see on Friday if he's working on the Michael Chase show. I can't think of it, and that's how it works. It's by the boards, um, and that's it. Coming up, we have. 
Bobby Ingram from the Molly Hatchet Band. You know, myself and Gooch are both getting a little older. One of the first things to go is your vision. Thank goodness for our hookup over at Absolute Eyewear in Woodbridge, New Jersey, right on Main Street next to the train station. They have glasses for all ages, all budgets. They have safety glasses, sports glasses. They are a full-service powerhouse offering eye exams and even free lenses for the kids. They work with BCBS, AAA, AARP, giving massive discounts. They're open five days a week, closed on Wednesdays and Sundays. Call 732-326-3937 to get your first pair of Ray-Ban, Burberry, Coach, Polo, you name it. They got it. Go see Craig and Johnine right now. All right, back here, Jimmy Palumbo Show with your host, Jimmy Palumbo. Now, I have a very special guest here I'm excited about because I've been talking about music, and a couple weeks ago it started out with, believe it or not, I was talking about Bing Crosby. My dad was a big fan of Bing. And uh, then I did a whole little show when I talked about my love of Southern Rock, of which um, I call it the Big Five, you know, the Allman Brothers, Molly Hatchet, the Outlaws, Marshall Tucker, 38 Special, and all of them. If you played bass in the Marshall Tucker, band and you have an album i probably have it um and i wanted to dabble into music so i was like well you know what i do know a guy who is in a a part of a southern rock band he is the owner of it and lead guitarist and most importantly he is a florida coastal school of law (laughs) lawyer now um I, i you know what in the history of southern rock i don't know how many lawyers there are I know there was a couple of math teachers, and I think Greg Allman wanted to be a dentist somewhere along the line. But welcome to the Jimmy Palumbo Show, the lead guitarist of Molly Hatchet, Bobby Ingram. What's up, Bobby? Hey, Jimmy. How are you, man? What's it up? Great to be here. It's good to, it's good to see you. I, I really appreciate this opportunity, man. Uh, no, me, uh, I appreciate it. You kidding? Um, well, listen, first of all, um, I'm a huge Hatchet fan, as you well know. Um, and me and my cousin John, we always giggle, like, how many people in the world have every Molly Hatchet album, including the ones that, like, you remember back in the day before DV, like, CDs were, there were, like, these half-illegal CDs, <laughs> like a live show from Germany or something, and I would see it, like, on a street corner. I'm like, oh, I gotta get it. I gotta have it. Bootleggers, you know? Yeah, bootleggers. <laughs> I had some cassettes, you know, stuff like that. Um, and I have one really bad VHS tape. Um, of Molly Hatchet Live. It's unwatchable now. That's how bad it was. But so Bobby Ingram, well, listen, first of all, uh, let me ask you, what's going on? COVID, you guys okay? What's happening? We're good. We're good. We're getting through the COVID thing. You know, of course, it shut down everybody. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we lost like, you know, I don't know how many hundreds of shows. But uh, they've been rescheduled, you know, and we've gotten more shows. We're starting to see the audience just come back in multitudes and it seems like, it, you know, we all missed, uh, we all missed rock and roll. That's for sure. We missed playing it. We missed, we missed standing on the stage and seeing everybody. Right. And, right. Uh, so it's, it's coming back around, you know, yeah. I mean, I don't know how many variants there can be, but I, I think it's kind of like it's run its course. I'd like to say it's run its course. You that's, know, that's and, what I'm hoping. I mean, you know, I got, a lot of yeah. well up here, um, you know, uh, people seem to the variant. It was really high. It seems to be dropping. Well, people, I'm, in, I'm in Gator Country. I'm I, down here in Florida. I know. Right? I know. There's, there's no. How could you? How could you not be in Gator Country uh, when you're Molly Hatchet, bro? <laughs> there's no COVID nineteen in Florida. It's like zero. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's, like, it's like everybody's out. You know, everybody. You know, we're just going along with business and. You know, everybody's having fun, and um, 
you know, of course, you know, wearing the mask here or there, if you feel like it, you know, there's still, you know, we understand what's happening uh, for a while, but, uh, all right. Well, no, had, I'm glad. I'm glad you're. Uh, you know, there's no. Uh, you got no health issues, and you're getting ready to rock and roll. As some of no, you may no, know, I uh, I, I haven't had any. Uh, knock on wood. You know, I mean, I had health issues 20 years ago, but you know, I'm done with that. You know, but, there you uh, go. Well, I'm glad yeah. to hear you're healthy. Um, yeah. You know, many people don't know, or some people do. Uh, my fans of, of beer league, um, where I play Johnny Trino, but. Um, uh, Molly Hatchet song, which was written by Bobby, "Son of the South," is uh, all is on the CD and the title track and all that different stuff. And I don't know if you remember, but if, if this was a trivia question on Jeopardy, and the question was this: Did Jimmy Palumbo ever play with Molly Hatchet? The answer oh, would yeah. have to be yes. <laughs> now listen, I I know I'm supposed to let you talk, but I have to just tell the story from my end. I went to go see Molly Hatchet. Uh, it was the last time I saw you guys, actually, I think. And uh, no, I saw you after that some other time. But I went to the show. We were uh, side stage, and you're jamming, and you're looking over at me. I'm, I'm in the wings, and you're smiling and having a good time. You guys are rocking out. And then you're like, grab a guitar, grab a guitar. Let's have yeah. some fun. And I said, I don't play. I don't play. And you go, it doesn't matter. Let's have some fun. And so yeah. I, put the, I put the guitar on, and I made sure I didn't face the audience so they couldn't see. But I, I've done some rock videos where I had a fake like I'm a guitarist. And the next thing you know, we, we sung uh, a couple of songs. I even sung a little bit on Juke and City. And my buddy was videotaping it, crying on the side. Like, what are you doing here with Molly Hatchet? And I was always wondering, did anybody realize I had no wire coming from the guitar? <laughs> like, I was like, you know, I was. You know, I'll tell you, just to, just to have you up on stage, man. And, you know, just, just going through everything. What, what, a, what, a, what a great time we had. It was fun. That you was know? fun. Um, but I know you were, uh, you started a band called Rum Creek. Maybe you yeah, I'm gonna, set the records. I'm gonna set the record all straight for everybody out there. That's why I want to uh, talk about. Stuff I started like a band called Rum Creek in 1975. It's a long time ago in Jacksonville, Florida. Uh-huh. Uh, and Danny Joe Brown and I hooked up there. He came to rehearsal and uh, he he wanted a, a singing gig, and I said I handed him the microphone. And he said, "I can sing." I said, "Well, can you can you be a front man too?" And he said, uh, he, "He said, what's that? I'll never forget it as long as I live." <laughs> and he turned out to be one of the best front men ever in rock and roll. Oh yeah, uh, for sure. And we went on for a couple years, and uh, you know, I was going to college at that time, UNF, and and uh, Danny uh, had um, you know he was married and had Jake, uh, his his new uh, newborn, and. Uh, he wanted to go on the road and, and, and I couldn't, I had to finish school. So, so, um, he went on the road, did the first hatchet record. Uh, and Molly hatchet was going at that time in, in the bar scene, the club scene in, in town. Right. And, uh, just got a record deal, did the first album, did the second album. And then he left. And on a Sunday night, about 1130, I hear this knock at the door. It was raining and I opened up the door. This was like in the middle of the flirting with disaster tour and there's Danny standing there soaking wet. Well, you know, I, I couldn't believe it. I said, man, what happened? Come on in. So we told him, you know, that he had, uh, he had left the group and, you know, for the reasons stated all above. And he wanted me to, to help put him a band together because we had already been in rum Creek. Right. right. So he, it was like, I, I said, when, when do you want to start? He says right now. So a week later, I had all the musicians together, 
and we were in rehearsals, got a deal with Epic, went down to Compass Point in Nassau, Bahamas, and Glenn Johns was our producer. That was my first producer. Glenn Johns did, he's actually in the um, Get Back thing that's out on television with the Beatles. Uh, he did Zeppelin's first album. He did the Stones. He did the Who up through Desperado. He did the yeah, so Eagles. He was, he was big time there, man. He was, he was big time. And I'm sitting next to Glenn, and I'm looking at him going, now how's this? Now what? Now what? Now what? <laughs> right? <laughs> right? So, and we became really good friends and and, uh, and did my first record there. Danny and I, of course, Danny Joe Brown Band at, at that time. It wasn't Molly Ashett. Danny right. left. Ashett was still going. They had hired another singer. And um, Jimmy and Farrar. Danny, they went with. Great time. And we did this album and we had one of the best, one of the top two producers ever in, in the world to come in and do this album. And, I'll never forget it. And, forever. Awesome. and we did it live in the studio, just like the old school, right. just like old school, right? Like three mics, four mics on the drums, you know, all the guitars go, no overdubs. We played it live, right? So, <laughs> so we great. had a, a great time. Joe Cocker was in Studio B. He was recording uh, some stuff over there, and, and it was just full tilt boogie-woogie, man. That's great. So, yeah, so that goes way back. Now, that was 80, 81, right? Moving forward, um, Danny went back with Hatchet, uh, 83, 84, and I continued on and finished, um, you know, with, with my getting my degree. And, and I had a solo record. I had a solo deal with CBS at that time, and it was called China Sky. But it was under Bobby Ingram Project. I hadn't changed the name of the band yet. And uh, I did that about halfway through the recording. And uh, Frank Wildhorn was my producer at that time. So Danny went, went back to Hatchet. I finished my obligations to CBS. Danny asked me to join. And I did. One show. That was it. But, see, we all known each other. We were like family from way back. I mean, we'd share rehearsal halls. You know, I think I think I'm still owed some money on the light bill, but I'll, I'll forget all that, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, so we did we did um, we did a lot of, of, of hanging out at the beginning stages. So you, you know, we, your first Molly. year with playing uh, with Molly Hatchet, the the actual band, not with the individual members, was what 1987. January of 87. Okay. So I just didn't like get off the train and jump on the state. I mean, Danny asked me two, two times before to come, you know, into the group because they were, I'll be honest with you. They were changing members. One time was to come in for Dave. One time was to come in to take Dwayne's place. This is the truth, man. I didn't even pick up a guitar either time. I said, look, you fellas got some, issues you guys figure out i don't know what's happening within the group but you know you know y'all try to work it out and when danny came over to the rehearsal hall in november he said bobby please do it do this run in january i said okay and that's when i said all right i'm in i'm gonna do this and i'm gonna go in 150 percent right and i stayed and i haven't veered i've been yeah no, listen you've been carrying the torch of molly hatchet you know uh 
I think it's, uh, you know, look, uh, we, uh, there's been a lot of tragedies in, in uh, Southern Rock. I mean, you got, obviously, Leonard Skinner plane crash. You got uh, Dwayne Allman, the motorcycle and stuff like that. There's been some others. But to me, you know, Molly Hatchett has this, like, really kind of, like, quiet tragedy in that, you know, Dave Lubeck, Steve Holland, Banner Thomas, Bruce Crump, Dwayne Rowland, Danny Joe Brown, um, um, uh, Jimmy, Jimmy Farrar, Riff West, uh, yeah, Phil McCormick. Uh, Phil McCormick, God bless, he was a nice guy, met him a couple times at shows. Um, yeah. You know, and it's like they weren't to be, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to discuss your age here, but they weren't all that old and, it, you know, they died. There's a lot of, you know, there was a lot of rock and roll life involved, as obviously, but there was also a lot of cancer and a lot of like really like silent tragedies, really, um, uh, with some of these guys. Uh, and yeah, it, it was more and more health, you know, health related issues, you know. Right. What? Well, yeah, it wasn't you know, like uh, accidents. I mean, or, I mean, yeah, did we all party back in, in our teens and twenties for sure? We all did. Yep. Yep. As, but, as, as did I. I. I quit. I mean, like I haven't had anything. I don't drink. Jimmy, I have not had a beer, wine, liquor, nothing since 1985. Wow. Right? wow. Since 85. I don't even drink wine. I'm nothing, right? And and I like that. It's my choice. I want to do that. I just don't. I've been there, done that a long time ago. But from 85 forward, man, I said, you know, I'm, I'm just going to go cold turkey on everything. That's wonderful. Good for you. And now, yeah. of course, your band, um, another guy so, became – Friendly with yeah, yeah. Well, I'm here. I'm here to talk about it, right? And I honestly think that that had a lot to do with it. In the good Lord above, you know. Um, so I I carried the band on. You know, Danny and I. Uh, you know, he left about mid mid 1990s. He was really really ill, and um, uh, he had he was a diabetic, right. and he couldn't perform anymore. And at, at that time, I had gotten a, a, a deal. Uh, overseas with SPV out of Germany. Right, right. And, I remember. I, mean, I see that company. Uh, on, yeah, on the album. And, and that's when that's when I I pretty much carried the torch from that point forward. The manager, you know, Pat Armstrong. You know what a great manager he was. Honestly, man, he really, really did a lot for the band. And um, you know, we we uh, we carried it forward. And then uh, in 2000, I had the opportunity to obtain the trademarks. I didn't know what that was, right? I mean, kind of, but the, I didn't know the magnitude of it. And uh, Did you have to pay for that? Uh, yes. <laughs> okay. Right? Absolutely. Right. Just like anybody else would have. Right. And the name was offered to every one of the members of the group, of the original group. The name was offered to them. They didn't take it. They didn't, they didn't, and I, Danny and I asked everybody back in, everybody, all the original six at one time or another, they didn't want to come back in. They, it, it, we can't force you to play. Okay, then we'll, we'll see you at the next show, hopefully. And it, it never, it never worked out. I, you know, mortgage double mortgage my house i sold all my properties i did everything i had to do to to do what the manager needed done to satisfy him to have the name assigned to me with the um goodwill rights title and interest 100 percent. right so you so, are the 100 percent now sole yeah. proprietor so, of molly hatchet yeah yeah 
But it was more than that. Now, what about stuff like residuals? In other words, why did you do it? Well, the reason is I just didn't want the band to go. Since it had such a legacy and a tradition and spirit, I didn't want it to just go up, you know, and have 10 different Molly Hatchets out there and, you know, you know, all kind of just crazy stuff. I wanted to keep it intact. And I knew if I didn't do that, it would have been just severed, severed at the base of it. So I said, no way. I said, I'm going to keep, keep the band going. And whoever, whoever wants to be in here, who loves Molly Hatchet music and has a connection to the past in some way. Right. Come aboard. And that's how it worked out, man. And, and, you know, I've still got the trademarks, you know, I've, but uh, can I ask you something? Now, can I ask something? Like, if when Molly Hatchet songs are played on the radio, or or if they're in a movie, let's say, uh, uh, um, does the original does anybody original band members get money on that? Is that's a separate thing, isn't it? Well, I, I mean, I I shouldn't talk for you know because that's uh, no. In other words, way. how does like uh, oh, what do you call royalties work on the original album? Anything anything before nineteen ninety six, I get. Zero, nothing. Okay, Zero. so that's another thing. That's another that's thing on, on social media. People are acting like he's no. taking all our money. I'm like, well, if if no, somebody no, no, buys no. A, 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 you know, if, no, that's no right. it's not like that. From '96 forward, when I got the deal with SPV in Germany, that's when I I opened up my own publishing company and I went forward with it. Yeah, so all your all the last couple of albums, that's your business. You're you're a rock a guitarist, you're a lead guitarist, and you're in a band called Molly Hatchet, which you own, yeah. and you're trying it's to you got to make a living, bro. You know, it's the next generation musically and business wise, it's the next generation. Right, it's not the same people in either form or fashion. Right, and, and listen, I know even listen, even the Allman Brothers, which I love their last. Uh, their last uh, band members, you know, with Warren Haynes and Derek Trucks. I love the the final version of the Allman Brothers. I thought it was a tight band. Oh, great, man. The uh, Almonds have gone through changes. Uh, you know, Tucker and yeah. I think on Marshall Tucker, only Doug Gray is still alive. And they do a, I think they do a good job of keeping the spirit of the band alive. What are you supposed to do? The music is great. People want to hear it. And, um, and and as long as you uh, you know, as long as you don't go to a Molly Hatchet concert and you're playing uh, Spando Ballet, you know, <laughs> you're sticking to the spirit of the songs. Um, yeah. Those are the shows that I like to go. I once an old rocker once told me, I can get someone to spend a hundred dollars on a ticket to my show, but I have trouble getting them to spend nine dollars on a new album. People just want to go hear those old hits. So you've done a decent job of mixing in some of your new stuff. Uh, as much as you can, you gotta you gotta pay you gotta play what people paid to see. Well, here's the thing, Molly Hatchet, and I never wanted Molly Hatchet to be a greatest hits band. We are not a greatest hits band, right? We have a new deal. We put out new records and been putting out records. We put out more records since '96 than since '78, right? Forward, right? So, right? So. Now, did, you know, we just put the Battleground live album out, double CD, triple vinyl. And I don't want it to be a, a greatest hits act. So that's why we kept recording and kept writing. That, and we that's the only way to do it. Otherwise, you become, uh, you know, you, you don't the move forward. Hits act. You know, people don't want to come see you two or three times. Um, right. 
uh, what was I going to say? Um, the uh, now sometimes what, is, did you officially? I know Jimmy Elkins is the new singer. God rest Phil McCormick's soul. Um, did and the, Jimmy sounds great, by the way. Um, I, some of the videos I've seen online, he's doing a really awesome job uh, with the hatchet voice and the sound and all that. Are do you officially have the second uh, guitarist, uh, lead guitar in the band, or is it you go gig no, to gig? No, when Dave died. I got to tell you, Jimmy, I, I mean, we go back so many years, you know, and when he passed away, I said, this, this, uh, who, who has a balls to stand on the other side of the stage and say, I'm taking Dave Lubeck's spot, right? Right. All right. <laughs> I, I, I did, right, in the late 80s, but I hired him back. Right. Right in 2005, and he lived out his life and died a member of Molly Hatchet. Right, and we miss him. We miss I miss him every show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he, I, I listen, he created show. a lot of those riffs, man. You know? Yeah, yeah. He's he's the reason why this whole thing happened. You know, he was the main part of it. You know, right. and you know, so I know I so, see shows sometimes you know, when you have a guy. That. Do you have really a fill-in guy occasionally, or how does that work? Here's the thing. I'm really happy with the lineup now. I don't have any reason to add a whole bunch of guitar players on stage, and it just – why? I mean, we're having fun. Uh, John's playing all the harmony parts, the keyboards, playing all the melody and harmonies. Right, he's great. Uh, on guitar, and we have a great time. You can hear everything. It's powerful. I don't, at this point in time, I don't feel like replacing Dave Lubeck. And I'll just end it with that. Okay. I don't feel like replacing him with another person up there. And I'm not going to do it until I am ready. I, I'm not going to do it any other reason there for that. Well, that's good until enough for I'm me. Like, he was my friend. He was my friend. And I don't think his legacy needs to be stepped on by anybody. Okay. So, Hey, I'm leaving it like that. There you go. And the current band, of course, is John Galvin, who is a really sweet guy. We we communicated a little bit on Facebook. I know his wife yeah. was ill, and I said some prayers for her. I heard she's doing okay yeah. now. And uh, Sean Beamer and Tim Lindsay and Jimmy Elkins and, of course, Bobby Ingram. Now, um, of course, you are part of, you know, Florida Coastal School of Law's Finest. So you did you take the bar yet? <laughs> well, um, I'm working on it every day. Okay. Know? All right. So, uh, I think yeah, that's funny. Yeah. I love it. That's like a <laughs> Molly Hatchet. I'm gonna I'm gonna start creating lies. Oh, Molly Hatchet, they're all lawyers now. <laughs> but, no, it's uh, not like. But listen, everybody says, "Well, why did you do that?" Right? Well, why you're running you a business. That? You got to know law, man. It's, it's why pay a lawyer? Pay yourself. I, I I lost my wife. You know. Yeah. Like, sorry about 18, that. By the way, 18 years ago, and I sat around here and coming off of the road, and I sat watching TV, watching TV, and had all the trademarks. And I said, man, what, what can I do to, to help help the brand, to help it maintain and stay out there and what not to do? Right. So I said, okay, let me, let me research it. Well, I, you know, I saw all these courses online, <laughs> oh, 1995, and, you know, you'll know all about your trademarks. Well, that wasn't that wasn't enough for me. I wasn't going to do something like that. 
And I and and somebody said, man, you ought to try going to the law school. I said, that sounds great. So I, I audited a course at Florida Coastal in, in intellectual property. Woohoo! Five minutes after that, man, I was like filling out the applications. Right? <laughs> I had to do it. Right? I said, I got to learn the right way how to protect Molly Hatchet and protect its, you know, its its um its going concern. So I matriculated. It took a, a couple of years. I matriculated. Just audited courses. I didn't even know. I'm, I've been out of school at that time thirty five years. You know, for I couldn't. Even, I couldn't go back to. Uh, I couldn't go back to school to learn how to churn butter. That's how Listen, I don't want to go back to school. It was like a new thing. I'm sitting in the classroom, and all these kids are in there. I'm like the oldest dude in here with all this hair, and I'm looking around going, man, maybe I should sit in the back of the class, right? It's like, <laughs> you know? So, but but I worked hard, really hard, and I had to be in class, of, you know, every single one of them. You, you can't miss any classes. you got to be there. And I did uh, what I was supposed to do, and I, I scored on the exams, and I got my degree, and I've got my JD, and I'm you know working on the bar exam. When when do you think you're going to take it? Oh, I don't know. So um, you're ready. <laughs> whenever I'm ready. Right. 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 Now you I know. know you, you, everybody's asking, when are you going to take the bar? When are you going? Well, when I'm ready. Right. <laughs> you, you'll get it. You'll nail it, and you make sure you text me when you pass the damn thing. Um, I, I know you're at Jacksonville, Florida, of course. That is Molly Hatchetville. You know, I heard there's a, a, either a new documentary either out uh, regarding uh, uh, the Jacksonville, Florida music scene, which I've read all the biographies on the Allman Brothers by Greg and his daughter and all the different ones. And, man, the Jacksonville music scene from, like, 66 to 75, I think, and I – some someone told me they're doing a documentary on that Jacksonville music scene. Tons of bands came out of that era. Yeah, sure did, isn't it? It's crazy. Um, you know, and I really think you know because there was like this circuit, this this bar circuit in town right. you know, during during that time. The only way to really make it, you know, whatever making it is, I guess going national, you would have to get on the road. You'd have to get out of Jacksonville to make it. You know, right. then you could get the name, you know, regionally and then, uh, you know, then pick up three or four more states and then just you keep adding to it. Right. So I think that was a big um, factor in a lot of the groups yeah. um, and their success uh, nationally and internationally. So now let me ask you. So now you got you got. Uh, well, obviously, we hope COVID kind of disappears forever. And you got the battleground just came out two years ago. Are you uh, getting ready to go and do another studio album, or what's happening there? We are. We have a, a deal uh, with SBD. We got a couple more studio albums to go, and uh, they have been great to the group for oh my gosh, since '96 forward. Um, Reiner Hansel, who had passed, he's another one that passed away. Another dear friend that passed away um, was really instrumental on securing that deal for us overseas and that got molly hatchet back to recording again and it broadened our national market into an international market and our fans over there are just incredible i gotta tell you man uh, they, yeah, they, so are you germany is the biggest spot for you guys i always seems like you're in germany a lot yeah, germany is the biggest spot but it's now it's france and spain switzerland italy yeah, That's uh, great. So they just totally get yeah. into this Americana, Southern rock and roll, huh? 
They get it. They get it. There's a great networking of journalists and radio, and there's a fantastic networking of that. So um, that has a lot to do with it. You know, it's really relevant. You know, there's, you don't have to wait for 30 days to get news on stuff. Right, know? right. So, so at least uh, for the last at least 20 years, you guys definitely spend at least three or four months in, in Europe doing gigs, right? Yeah, right. We love it over there, you know. That's and, awesome. uh, and we see a lot of our military, you know, fans over there, that, friends, you know, that, that come to the shows. And some of the coolest uh, things that really warmed our heart, the things a uh, couple couple of touring uh, times out on the road, is we played for our troops on the Persian Gulf a few years back. Oh, that's cool. Uh, in, in Abu Dhabi. We went over to the United Arab Emirate over there and played on the Persian Gulf for our troops. And that was 120 degrees in the shade. Oh, right? man, you must have been dying up there. Oh, it was so, there was like mounds, like mountains of Dasani water. You could just go up and just grab them, you know, because it was, you couldn't get. Anyway, we, we did that. And, uh, man, what, what, a, what a feeling it was to, to, to see our, our, our boys over there. Man. And, and then right after that, we went over to Okinawa, Japan. We flew halfway around the world, Okinawa. And, um, uh, Played over there, oh, that's and cool. it was a little little cooler over there. What twenty in the shade? Uh, but uh, you know, it's great to see that though. You know, from from continent to continent, you know, all our military out there that's been that's been. Uh, are you gonna? Are you guys gonna be doing usually in the summertime? You know that like I call it the festival circuit. You know, all these big uh, these big festivals, and they have you know. You know, two bands on Friday, four on Saturday, three on Sunday, those kind of things. Do you have any of uh, those lined up? Or are they just starting to come in now? Or what? The, what's the booking cycle for stuff like that? Yeah, a lot of them went out or went out of business, a lot of them, because of COVID. But they've reformed, and they're coming back in a different fashion, you know. Right. But we had a lot of the big festivals, you know, that we're getting ready to play. And in the United States, oh, my goodness. I mean, just the first month of booking season right now, you can go to mollyhatchet.com. And see all the dates that are on there now. You know, we're really, really happy about that. Well, that's and, real cool. Any uh, any gigs around New York and New Jersey yet? Are you still working on that? Yeah, still working on it a bit. You know, that's um, that, that that's been tough up there. You know, a little bit. Um, you know, for op- opening up, but but uh, we want to definitely get back up there. That's for sure. That's another question I wanted to ask. I I spoke with uh, uh, I got to know Warren Haynes a little bit, um, yeah. and uh, he was talking about how. Uh, you know, the Northeast, even though these bands are all from the from the South, the Northeast, New York, New Jersey, Connecticut area, really the tri-state area, there's just a huge amount of Southern rock fans. You wouldn't, you know, you would think Southern rock band, you'd have Southern fans, but there's a such a huge fan base besides Europe. Um, in, uh, in like, what's it like playing like a, the East uh, up in New Jersey or New York as compared to playing, in, you know, down in the South? It's great. I mean, there's like this common common bond and, and common denominator of uh, you know Southern rockers. It doesn't matter where it is, even overseas. Um, you know, it's all about God, truth, honesty, family, friendship, and rock and roll. Right. You know, it, it's those ingredients. It's down home. It's 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 true to life. Yeah, it's not yeah. contrived. It is what it is, you know, so, and we all like to get out and raise hell. Oh, I just, 
I just looked oh, online yeah. while you and you, you guys are going to be doing that uh, rock ribs and ridges in. Uh, oh yeah, we're going to be there. Hell yeah! That's only so, I, I missed it last uh, two years ago. I couldn't make it up there. Okay, I want you to listen if you can. If, if you have, if, I'd uh, love for you to come to the show and bring. I, the you know what? Up. I'm gonna. I'm, it's almost a guarantee. Um, I'm definitely going to be there for sure. Um, I would love matter of fact, we were supposed to get an RV and go with a bunch of guys and tailgate. I tell you, you know, we still talk about, I mean, at least a couple times a week, the beer league thing that you were in and you call this the song and that the bar scene. Remember the bar yeah, scene? When, when, when all the uh, shot glasses, when he goes to the greatest oh, band. God. Yeah. What'd you say? Tell everybody what you said. <laughs> <laughs> Molly fucking hatchet, bro. There you go. <laughs> fucking hell yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And, I, and listen, I come on stage when I do these little, these, I do these smaller gigs. I'm, I'm just starting a headline now. And um, I use a, there was a, 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 a Southern rock band up, up here in New Jersey called the Southern Cross Band. Uh, uh, Joe and, uh, and Sonny Pruitt. I think they warmed up, they opened up for you guys a few times back in the day. Yeah. yeah. But I use their song, Stay Alive, to open up my podcast. And sometimes my shows, but my favorite show to come on stage with has always been Bounty Hunter. And yeah. um, the funny thing is, I always have to tell the DJ because they, some of these DJs, they don't know, they don't know anything about the song. Sometimes so I'm like, dude, you can't lower it until you hear hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you know, I was like, if you cut it off. One time I did a show. And the guy cut it off before. I was like, and I had a killer set. And afterwards, I was angry. And my buddy was like, what are you mad at? He didn't let the hell yeah come out. Man. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> I then, know, that, was like, that was a big, big deal right there, you know? Oh, man. So funny. Um, I love it, though. It's like uh, there's nothing better coming out to Hatchet. Um, what, what are the, uh, you know what one of my favorite songs is also to a Hatchet? that uh, Well, Lady Luck. I'm a big fan of, of the later albums, Lady Luck and Bloody Reunions. Did you work on Bloody Reunion or no? Is that yeah, before? Well, you know, Joyce from uh, Mother's Finest came in and sang on those, on right. those tracks. Yeah, the and, uh, I love she that. From, uh, you know, and just had a voice that was like unbelievable. Yeah, you know, yeah. And, and came in and did that. Yeah, my, my buddy, my my buddy Mike Ruane thinks that the opening riff of uh, Blood Reunion is like the greatest opening riff of any <laughs> any song of all time. <laughs> um, you know, uh, it's so much fun. Listen, man, I appreciate you coming on. Don't forget, people go to mollyhatchet.com. Molly Hatchet is still alive. They're still rocking. Um, they, uh, they're going to be touring all over the country, all over the world. They will be in New Jersey at Rock Ribs and Ridges, which is a really cool place to see a show. Big open field up there. Good times. Um, and of course, I'm here with the lead guitarist, Bobby Ingram of Molly Hatchet, Jacksonville, Florida. Jimmy, thank you so much, man, for all you have done for the group. You've been like by our side, man. We really appreciate everything you've done. Thanks for and thanks Artie's for a big fan of Hatchet too. So for all the yeah. Southern rock bands, yeah. his favorite one is Ooh. Hatchet. Uh, what's Artie doing, man? Where's, where's he? He's at? Uh, he's well. He got sober, and um, he he's doing. He's been on the show a few times. He's um, oh, I still talk to him. I'm I'm personal friends with him. Uh, he's uh he's getting there, man. He's uh, been sober now three years, and he's uh. You know, um, he's getting ready to really launch right, something man. cool. He's got to come out to a hatchet show. Uh, Give him my regards. And, uh, um, maybe I'll get know. him up there in June when you guys are here. So. There you go. Wow, that'd be, that'd be fantastic, man. Yeah. That'd be fantastic. 
Okay, Bobby Ingram, Molly Hatchet. That was so cool. I'm so glad he came on the show. Hope you guys enjoyed that one. Um, now, next week's going to be a little weird because I'm going to be away on vacation. And um, I don't know how we're going to do this. I don't have access to the studio, but I'm going to try to do something over my phone and uh, do something. I don't know what we're going to do. Me and Chris are going to get creative and we're going to figure out how to still do my show live from Steamboat Springs. Instead of doing it live from Matawan, New Jersey, we will be in Steamboat Springs somehow. And uh, I'll actually be with the people uh, from Absolute Eyewear. That should be a trip. So uh, I'll see you guys next week.